0: Welcome to the Life Cycle Lady Podcast, the place to be to talk about all that we wonder, whisper, and wish we knew about our bodies, hormones, and life cycle changes. I'm your host, Julie Hughes. Please join me as I take the stigma out, stop the whisper, and speak out loud on topics from puberty to perimenopause. Hey ladies, did you know that you're not psycho, but you're cyclical? Have you ever thought, why are my emotions all over the place? Or why am I so overly emotional? Why can't I control my emotions? Or felt like like a dragon (laughs) certain times of the month, breathing fire, full of rage inside that comes out all at once and kind of goes all over anyone who steps in your path. Or maybe you feel like you're so sad and down that you just, like, cry over everything. Or you're just really emotional over it seems like nothing. And then you start your period and you often say, oh, it was just my hormones. Or it was just my period. Of course I was like that. So there's memes all over the place and there's things all over our world that tell us that we're psycho. When we're in that PMS phase, when all these emotions are bubbling up. And I'm here to tell you that you're not psycho, you're just cyclical. And I'm here to ask you and maybe kind of pose the question, maybe those emotions aren't just your hormones. Maybe they're there as a guide, like your body is actually speaking to you and telling you things asking you to address things and to heal, but maybe you just don't have the language. Maybe you just don't know the language that your body speaks. Maybe like our judgment and our blame over that overly emotional or rage-filled self is really just like a reflection of our judgment and society's judgment on how we view emotions and how we view women's cyclical nature, right? So I think this is often a new topic for women. Like how how their, which is kind of funny, but how their cycle is actually cyclical, right? How it is not just the period. It is not just the PMSM period, because that's what we often focus on because that's what speaks loudest to us. But they were actually really cyclical beings. And then there's a lot that we can learn from at each of our stages. There's different themes, you could call them, or vibes, or whatever word, energies, that are in all four stages or all four phases of our cycle. Just like there's four parts of the moon, and there's four seasons, and, right, it's very, very similar. There's different vibes or energies or themes that happen in, like, the seasons, right? And they very much correspond to women's bodies, Our body requires different things at different parts of our cycle. It requires different exercise. It requires different kinds of food. It requires or asks for different kinds of energy, right, of what we put out. Just like if we actually paid attention to the seasons, it would be the same. But we all live in this, like, go, go, go culture that is incredibly linear, where we're expected to kind of do and go at the same level, like operate at that same intensity every single day. Like that is an expectation that is valuable in our culture. And if you can't do that, it's often seen as there's something wrong with you, that you're not as valuable, that you're not as with it or together as the next person, that you don't have it all together, right? Because there's no space. We don't give any space for seasons. We don't give any space for highs and lows and ups and downs. We just feel like, or we've got it in our head somehow, culturally, that to be powerful, to be successful, to be valuable, we must go, 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 do, do, do in this really like linear fashion. When in fact we are not linear beings, We are very cyclical beings. In fact, even men are cyclical beings. Men cycle on a daily basis. Their hormones cycle daily, whereas ours are more monthly, right? And there's nothing bad or wrong about either of those. What comes across as bad or wrong or like psycho is when we don't connect with it. When we're very disconnected from it, that something is so natural, then we get very judgy and we kind of push against our cyclical nature. And lots of things happen. One is we get extra PMS-y because we're pushing against that, what that we are, right? We're disconnected from and we're not honoring what is coming up. Hopefully that makes sense. That we're... Just think about a kid, right? When a kid is like mama, 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 and you don't actually acknowledge them, they're just going to get louder and louder, at least my kids, they get louder and louder and louder and louder until you actually acknowledge them. I'm not saying your cycle is like a kid, but it's similar. Like if you don't acknowledge things where you might be out of balance in your life, and maybe it's hormonal, but hormonal, we are not just hormones, we are whole beings. So our hormones are tied to what we do, tied to our stress levels, tied to what we eat tied to how we are in the world. So you can blame it on your hormones all you want, but in actuality, it's really how you show up in the world. Right? And so I'll talk more about that. But when you ignore it, it gets louder and louder and louder. Until it's acknowledged. And sometimes that comes across as disease, right? It gets so loud that it has to give you a disease and then you have to pay attention. Right? So every part of our cyclical nature, every part of our cycle, and I'm not going to actually go into all the parts today, has this vibe, has this energy, and if we actually just tapped into it, we were taught that language really early on of what this is, and no, it's not some woo-woo thing, it just really is this way. If we were taught that really early on, we would be very connected to our cycle and we would live cyclically. And we would probably wouldn't have one in six people with endometriosis and one in this and that and all the other women's health things that we just see as normal nowadays. Yes, there's also implications on kind of what our environment is around and all the chemicals and all of those things. Probably we wouldn't even have those things if we lived more in cycle cyclical nature as a culture. I don't know. But. Today, in this episode, I'm really going to focus in on that PMS part, because that's most of the thing that people come to me for. I do really want to get across, though, that you are not just PMS. It is the part that speaks the loudest to many women, and it's the complaint part. But you are a whole cycle, and what you do in other parts of your cycle affects this part of your cycle, right? So in the PMS part of our cycle, a lot of things can come up that we experience either as intense emotions or symptoms that suck, right? And so I am here to say, maybe these things are here to act as clues Or I like to call them gifts, but that might be really far for you out there listening if you're experiencing a lot of symptoms and upset, upheaval, to think of it as a gift. But I'm just going to throw out there, maybe it's a gift. Definitely there's clues to what's going on in your body and in your life. But you just don't have the language to know what that is. You were never given that language. In fact, you already have that language in you, if I'm super honest. No one really needs to teach you. It's just we need to not disconnect. And if you really think about like your experience of puberty, when this is when you get your period for the first time, this is a major, major disconnection point to our bodies for most women. It is when we start to feel a little bit like when they change, we can often feel embarrassed. We can feel ashamed. We can like hide our breasts. A lot of women that I teach, um, especially in their 30s and 40s, it was a very embarrassing thing to have their period. They don't tell anyone. It's not celebrated. Maybe they told their mom and she gave them a box of pads, but there's no discussion. It's just like this thing that culturally, at least when when many of us in our 30s and 40s and 50s and 60s and 70s and 80s, that we weren't, it was not talked about. I have to say hallelujah that today that tide is definitely changing. Like girls out there in their 20s are talking about their periods way more than we, in fact, you could actually even see red on a pad now on like an advertisement where that was never a thing before. It was always blue liquid. If you remember, if you look at advertisements, just go into Google and look at advertisements, for um the i don't know even 80s 90s it was it was the late 80s before they ever even showed something on television in fact if you go to the lifecyclelady.com i have a free um class called I can't remember what it's called right now, but basically it shows you a lot of advertising and it helps you really disconnect or connect more to your cycle. And it gives you a little bit of the language that I'm starting to talk about. So what I'm saying is that we actually already have this language built in us. It is, we are equipped with it from birth. And if we're left to remain connected to our bodies, as we go through this major transition called puberty, then we stay connected to that language we are able to continue to listen to our body and then act from that listening. The fact of the matter is like 99.5% of women pretty much disconnect in some way during this major life cycle transition called puberty. There's lots of different reasons why that is. I would say most of them are culturally. Culturally, how we view women and our power, how we view women and periods in general as nuisances. Culturally, how we're it's framed for us. It's not framed as this amazing life event that happens that taps you into your most powerful part of yourself, that gives you the, these gifts and um, sense of like birth and re-death over and over again. Sense of healing, sense of connection to yourself more than. Just like this incredible thing. It's not framed like that, right? It's definitely framed like, and you even might be thinking this, well, yeah, it's definitely not that for me. I'm not very friendly with my cycle. So for most of it, it it is a very big disconnection point. And when we disconnect, the language turns out. Just, Just think about like when you disconnect from a partner or a family member, when you just shut that communication down, you just disconnect, right? The relationship doesn't grow. The relationship doesn't give you what it possibly could if you worked through that and really connected. The relationship just really shuts down. And that's what happens to us with our period. So we we don't know that language. We're so far removed from it now that we don't know the language it speaks. And so then there's people like me that actually help women with the language it's speaking, right? So we are whole beings. We are not just our hormones. We are not just one hormone. We are a cocktail of hormones. And then within that hormones system, there is the endocrine system. There's so many things that impact it. Stress is a huge impactor on the endocrine system not just the stress you're feeling cuz you've got a lot to do but also the stress you're you put in your body from maybe eating things that aren't super healthy all the time for your body um maybe just stress can come in from like overconsumption of of media overconsumption of anything right just like always in this go 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 mode where you never just pause like if you're at a stoplight do you just pause at the stoplight and take that break of the 30 seconds you're sitting there or are you incessantly thinking, scrolling your phone, da-da-da-da-da, right? There's so many pauses built in throughout the day standing in line somewhere. Are you on your phone? 99% of people are. I am like the only person not on my phone standing in line, right? Are you thinking? This is all really, really stressful. There's no like uh, rest and digest, right? If I'm not thinking about the the nervous system and also the digestive system, it's all combined. It's one whole. You are a whole. You are not your just your hormones. So when women say, oh yeah, I was a psycho. It's just my hormones. That's not true. And then women want to control their hormones, right? They're like, I am too hormonal. I am too emotional. I am, it's so overwhelming. It is so too much that I'm now going to go on the birth control pill to kind of tame these hormones, right? And, and you might be out there and you might be out there in that position. So I'm not here to judge you. I've actually, I get that. I super understand that. Sometimes my emotions are huge and fiery and sometimes I get really, really sad and I get it. I've, I've thought, fuck, I just want a pill also, right? Right. And especially if that's like every month for you and that is just your normal, that's intense. So I'm not, I'm not here to judge you. I'm just here to say and to offer you that there is maybe some gifts that you're not receiving by not having this communication. And maybe if you are able to do some life cycle changes, lifestyle shifts that all of that communication would be reestablished, you would be living more cyclically, and all of those kind of hormonal upsets, especially the emotional ones and also the physical ones, they start to fade away. And I know this is true because it's it's worked for my own body, and it's also worked for the people that I work with. Right? So, so let's talk about symptoms. So in the PMS part of the cycle, one symptom that a lot of women feel is, um, headaches. A lot of women get headaches, like not just headaches, but like migraine headaches drop you down for a day or two, right? I actually am also in this camp. This is something that I experience, um, or can experience. And so to me, this, the, the like biochemical nature of a migraine right before your period means that more than likely you do not have enough progesterone in your body. Progesterone is kind of the peace hormone. It's the hormone that um, when your progesterone levels drop, it's what causes the release of the uterine lining and menstruation to begin. Or it could also, when progesterone levels stay stable, that's, you know, that's what helps the baby develop if you are pregnant. It's also known as the peace hormone, whereas its counterpart, estrogen, is kind of known as more of like the masculine go, go, go. So in the PMS part of your cycle, um, if you're really low on progesterone, if you're really low on peace, then one of the physical symptoms can be this really debilitating migraine, which guess what? knocks you on your butt for a day or two and you have to rest you're forced to rest right so how does progesterone get out of whack for a lot of women progesterone gets out of whack because there's like a precursor hormone to progesterone And that is the same precursor. So hormones are kind of like dominoes, right? Like one influences another, influences another, influences another. So one of the precursor hormones to progesterone is actually the same as cortisol, which is that stress hormone. So if you're in this constant fight or flight state, which is the vast majority of people, we are just living at like an amped up go, go, go state. There's a whole lot of cortisol being produced, even if you're not just like in a really stressful Situation. And then, if you're in a really stressful situation, a really stressful season in your life, then you're definitely in that constant state. And so that means that all of the impetus for progesterone is now being taken by cortisol. And so you're producing very little to no progesterone in your body. And therefore, the estrogen progesterone, which likes to be in a balance for a healthy menstrual cycle, gets way out of whack and you start to get all sorts of symptoms. Headaches are one of them. It knocks you on your butt and you have to have some peace and rest. It's like forced rest. And so how do you get out of the headaches? You, you have to get out of the stress loop. So stress is part of life. Stress happens. It's going to happen to all of us. And we need to become stress resilient. So you need to do things in life. Like for me, it's breath work. I do breath work on a daily basis. At one point in my life, I did um, meditation for, you know, a few decades of my life. Um, some people like to dance. Some people, I also journal, like, what do you do in the moment though? Breath work or breathing in general is really connective to me. And it stops that, that loop. It stops that loop by just bringing the breath and attention to the stress that is there and stopping the stress from continuing to flow out. Right. It gets you out of that stress cycle and gets you into a stress resilience. So that is one of the number one things. Another thing is just like downgrading life, right? Like not maybe go-go-going all of the month and overextending all of the month. Letting there be space, more space. Also, just not overstressing your body with food, like eating more non-stressful foods. Let's just say that. Eating more foods that you just intuitively want to eat, right? Not that you're craving, not the chocolate bar you're craving, which is actually highly stimulating. For some women, literally progesterone (coughs) can be really influenced by caffeine and, and chocolate. I hate to say that, but for some women, that is really stimulating to them It's a certain metabolic type. I am actually, unfortunately, this metabolic type. And as I've gotten older, I just can't handle coffee. And honestly, I can't handle chocolate. It's really stimulating my body, and my body just doesn't like it. I like it, but my body tells me loud and clear that it does not like it. And I like to feel good in my body because I'm very much embodied and connected to my body. And so therefore, if I don't feel good in my body, I either want to change what makes me not want to feel good in my body or I want to check out, right? Which is what many, many of us do. So at this stage in my life, I'm all done checking out and I really enjoy being embodied because the amount of joy that I feel as an embodied woman is incredible, right? But that means that with the embodied joy also comes the other stuff, right? The, the tough choices to not have chocolate. I think, I think it's okay. So not everybody, that's not everybody's story, but that is definitely some people's story, some women's story. So, so you could take, you know, you could go to the store and get some progesterone cream and that does put, it does help, right? It does help. It can help. And there's lots of over the counter progesterone creams that you can get at natural grocery stores. Or you can really, or and, should I say, and you can really need to, you really need to adjust what's causing this in the first place. For women who are over 35, you're in a phase of life called perimenopause. One of the first things that happens in perimenopause is your progesterone levels actually start to drop. And so it becomes more important, and that's why I say I am well into perimenopause, Um That's why I say for me, it's like maybe in my mid thirties, I, it was okay for me to do this coffee and this chocolate. And at this stage in my forties, I am no longer able to do that. Right. So it's like my, cause my hormonal clock is really slowing, (laughs) winding down. So what about emotions? That's the other one that people emotional, highly emotional, overly emotional, you're overly sensitive It comes out at everyone. It's like too much, too much. I hear that a lot. It's just too much. Often the biggest one I hear women say is not like the sadness. It's more the rage. So just think what could rage, if you're just being curious about your rage or anger, what could that be saying to you? Like what could your rage actually be saying to you? So right now I'm actually in the PMS part of my cycle. Um, I feel very much like a fiery dragon. Very much like a fiery dragon right now. Um, and at some point in my life, I probably would have judged that. I definitely was not comfortable with anger in my body. Anger was not a good emotion, especially for women. There was a lot of like conditioning around anger from fa- family And also culturally, like women who are angry, women who are fiery, are not seen as powerful, or seen as bitchy, or overly emotional, or all the other words. And we judge it, we we say that to ourselves as well. So what could rage actually mean? And how can we harness that and just be fiery? Right? So rage oftentimes can be trying to address something in your life that is out of balance. That's what I interpret rage. Rage can mean your body is really mad at too much go, go, going. And your head and your drive, this is particularly rage comes across with very driven, very highly successful women. Um, Not that that is a bad thing. I feel like I'm a very driven and what I would define as successful woman, right? So I'm not trying to say that that's a bad thing, but often these women are going at their um, jobs and lives in a very masculine, linear way, and not tapping into the cyclical nature to harness that energy to then create these careers and lives of really highly successful, highly motivated highly accomplished. So they're just go, go, going, but never slowing. And the body can often manifest that as rage, intense rage, because there's very little progesterone or peace in their bodies, right? Like on a hormonal standpoint. Rage could also be just a nutritional balance, right? B vitamins are what come to mind. Rage is a way of also just like kind of communicating. It can be not just this month or what's going on this month. It could be also what's going on, maybe something from the past. Maybe if you really tap into that rage, there's something there to uncover. So one of the ways in this PMS part of the cycle that the clues that you could have is, do you have repetitive thoughts? If you really pay attention and become aware of your thoughts, are they repetitive? Do they say similar things? And if they do, then that is a huge clue with what's going on, right? So for at one point in my life, I often tell the story that um, I had this just constant repetitive during PMS thought, like, no one helps me. No one does the dishes. No one does the housework. I have a full time job. Ah, da, da, da. No one helps me. No one helps me. No one helps me. And I get really angry at my husband and he didn't even know why because I wouldn't always verbalize it. And then one day it dawned on me that this was the repetitive every month. It took a while. <laughs> um, And then I was like, oh, oh, I get it. These thoughts are trying to tell me something that I'm not asking for help and that I'm not valuing. Like there was a value issue that was coming up, right? That I'm not valuing me enough to ask for help, really. Because should the family members really read my mind that I need help? Like that is pretty silly. That is something women well, humans do, but women, we often do. And so when I asked for help, oh my God, everyone was like, okay, sure. And then we created, and it took some time. We created a new dynamic in the family around that. Cause I was living into, my mom did everything. And that was really, really valuable to me that she just like took care of everything. And I love that about her. I felt so safe. And I was also nice because she did everything. And I was really valuing that and I was recreating that in my life, right? And so we can use our cycles as kind of like digging into, for for me, that wasn't just what was happening then. It was like even past healing, right? It was very, very healing to have that. And now those thoughts, they don't come to mind. Maybe you always get really, really overwhelmed during the PMS part of your cycle. To me, that overwhelm is a signal for what's going on in your life and that you need some more balance in your life. The rage is the same way. It's signaling something. And if we just numb it and we don't pay attention, it's just going to get louder and louder and louder. And yeah, then we're probably going to want to go on some sort of something to make that go away because it gets so loud and unbearable. Right? You could also get really like teary-eyed and overly emotional there's like all over the place. You just like, can't focus. You're just all over the place. You just like, ah, kind of feel like you're going to explode. Right. And not tapping into that and not seeing what the lesson and the wisdom is. Like, so, so here's an example. The other day I was doing this, um, I'm doing this morning movement adventure with a dear friend. Um, And she had said, there's these two songs and we kind of all dance and dancing is not something that I often feel very comfortable with. So it's definitely out of my comfort zone. Um, And she said something about how we're always like scrolling on our phones or we're driving in our cars or we're typing on our computers or we're like in this very small box with our body. And we're not, like, out there using our body in all the ways that we used to, right? And so we were doing some dancing to, like, recover and reclaim some of that bigger body movement, right? Not exercise, just reclaiming some of that. And she said at one point something about how you don't know what you've lost, right? Something about that. It was, it was really lovely. And I literally fell to the floor and started sobbing. And so I could have said, Jesus, you're so overly emotional. Or instead, what I did was loved that part of myself tapped into it. And what it was really coming up for me was how sad I am about, in some ways, the direction of our world, right? In some ways, our society, yes, I'm currently, you know, filming this or recording this on a Computer. I love computers, but in some way it's gotten so much so that, yeah, we've lost, we've lost something that we don't even know. And when you start to recover that something like I'm doing through this movement, you realize what a humongous difference 10 minutes of movement in that way makes on your whole overall life. Something so small and simple makes such a huge difference. And it made me feel really sad. And so I could have labeled that as being in the PMS age and labeled that as being really hormonal and overly emotional. Or I could have really tapped into that wisdom and love and like been with it. You see what I mean? And sometimes it seems irrational. But ladies, it's not irrational. I promise you there's something underneath there. It's not just your hormones. There is something... And see now I'm getting really I'm like getting really emotional now. I feel really fiery. I feel kind of sad because I feel like there's something there that we're not often connecting with. And when we do, I promise you there's like this superpower that's underneath it. This like joy that's opened through it and this more connected to a life. And maybe your life looks a little different. Maybe you have to change it. I know for me, my life definitely had to shift from where it was to where I now am. And thank fucking God, really, thank God that my life shifted because I couldn't have gone at the pace I was going without some pretty major implications. And for me, it was disease, right? I started to get an, I got an autoimmune thing, right? And it was a big, a big wake up call. And now I feel like I'm more, I'm more cyclical. It's cyclical nature is part of all of my life and my family, right? So how do you begin to tap into that cyclical nature and to learn that language? Well, one of the ways you do it is actually connecting with it, right? Connecting with your cycle, all of your cycles. So for me, that is like I journal with it. I journal on like what is and I and I just write a few words like what is my stress level at the moment? What am I create Like, what is food? Food for me is a big trigger. Like, if, when I'm craving junk food, I know that I'm kind of being pulled to what I call, like, the underworld. When my, my thoughts are, like, uh, get really, like, I crave junk food, I crave junk food, must get junk food, because that's not normally what I eat. And when I have those things, it's, for me, it's a clue, and if I can stay aware enough, that something is kind of bubbling up for me to look at, Right. So I, I look at what food am I eating, and not in a judgmental way. I really try I'm trying not to be very judgmental with all of this. But what exercise am I doing? How is my sleep going? So sometimes when I get in really big stress, like there's a lot going on in life and there's a lot of stress and I'm not using my stress tools, I will directly see that manifest in my next, next cycle. I will directly see that. And that to me is like, oh yeah, right? And so I chart those on a daily basis. I also throw in like where I'm at in my cycle, like what day I'm at in my cycle. And I'll throw in like, like I throw in the moons in there. And so I really, really connect with it. I also connect with it in that I, like when I'm on my actual menstrual cycle, I do rituals around it. So one of my rituals is that I write down like what kind of menstrual cycle or PMS part of my cycle I had. And then I really reflect on my month and how did my month go? Was I in balance? Did I get a bit? I don't know. I don't love the word balance, but that is uh, the word that comes to mind. But like, did I embody my life? Did I live what I preach basically Um, or not? And how is it showing up? Are there some areas of my life that I want to kind of focus on? So I'll write that all down during my like bleeding part of my cycle. And then also do some sort of ritual. Meaning like I go take a bath or I slow, I slow way, way down. I give space in my daily life to make that slow down, right? I also think you can connect and tap into your cyclical nature by making friends with your period. Because you have to establish that relationship. If you don't have a relationship, I've talked I talked about this earlier in the podcast. If you don't have that relationship then, like, you're not going to learn, you're not going to see the gifts, you're just going to experience all the pain and yuck, right? And so, I actually have a program, a class called Empowered Menstrual Health. Um, The Empowered Menstrual Health class is not currently enrolling um, but you can go over to my website, the and get on the wait list for when that opens back up. But basically it is re- really about connecting with your cycle, learning the language and just like getting back into that, making friends with your period, because you're going to literally have it for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times in your life, like 400 and some or more or less, depending on babies. Um, and so you really should try to make friends with it. Right. um. So be curious, also be curious, not judgmental kind of getting outside of yourself. Be curious, especially in that PMS part. Be curious about what you're experiencing. Do some journaling. See where your resistance is coming up. Up. See how you can embody your fiery anger. How can you embody that fiery anger and like actually be with it? Right? For me right now my fiery my fieryness is coming out as I will have a lot of energy to do stuff to get stuff done and then it'll kind of fade and again, this is just for me. And then I'll get maybe a little more emotional and I'll get real tired. So like, that'll be more in my PMS cycle. That's what I experience. I have a lot of energy and then I have like really low energy and then a lot of energy and then like I'll need a nap. And so I just kind of honor that. Right. And yes, I have four kids and two jobs (laughs) and I do build that into my life. Right. Thankfully, I do have two jobs, but they're also jobs that I get to do I mean, I get to plan my life. Our life is planned with the jobs, right? Rather than like, I don't have a nine to five. Um, so be curious and see where that resistance comes in. Uh, for some people, we're so much more disconnected that you do need some sort of a guide. So I I do offer guidance. Um, I do do, you know, 90 minute sessions with people. Sometimes I work with people for months just to really pinpoint and get you really connected with that, um, with your cyclical nature and see how your life can become more cyclical. Right. But, but before I do that, I generally ask people to really start to, I don't know, at least chart for a month and not charting like you would on an app, but like really like what's really going on like really becoming aware of your life and how your menstrual cycle may impact it or lives within it so those are the main tips that i have for you it's really just becoming more embodied and being able to listen um i'm going to do more podcasts around really how to tap into our cyclical nature and um specifically like what does exercise look cyclically what does food look like cyclically Um, those kind of things, those are coming soon. So stay tuned. Um, So on that note, if you enjoyed this podcast, if you enjoy my podcast, give it a like, leave a comment on what this brings up for you. um, And definitely subscribe because I've got a lot more coming. Uh, I also want to say, check out my seven day free cycle me up. Um, adventure that's over on my website with seven easy ways of things to add to your life. And no, they're not like rocket science. They're simple things that we should all be doing daily, but it's in a space of committed. And maybe some of them are very new to you. Um, so check that out over on thelifecyclelady.com or get on my Empowered Menstrual Health uh, classes waitlist. That will be opening up probably late spring. Is my guess probably sometime in May. Um, so head on over and get on the wait list. So thanks all for listening, and I hope you enjoy this podcast. See you next week.